Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Define Your Legacy. All right, before this show gets really started, I want to make a shout out to our sponsor, the online store of Define Your Legacy. All right, you can find the link to the online store in the description of this episode. All right, we have t-shirts, long sleeves, sweatshirts, hoodies, all that. All right, so feel free to check it out in the link in the description of this episode. All right, now, okay, let's dive right in, okay? We got my man's on the on the show. We got Jamie. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you for, for being on the show. Pleasure. My pleasure. I'm just happy to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, so if you could, you know, just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your journey and your story thus far. Okay, cool. So my name is Jamie Tobias, born in Hartford, Connecticut, raised in a small town called Bloomfield, Connecticut. Um, you know, my background is Jamaican, but, you know, that's through the way of West Africa. Um, you know, I went to Central Connecticut State University during undergrad and I got my master's degree in film and TV production in London, United Kingdom. And, uh, yeah, now I'm living here in Los Angeles, living a dream. Okay. Okay. So off rip, I mean, biggest word that stuck out to me outside of Bloomfield, you feel me represent 0602, um, was, was also, uh, London, mm-hmm. right? So could, could you tell me a, a little bit about that and how that kind of was for you? Yeah. So I graduated 2015. So, you know, it was my senior year. I was sitting down in the computer lab just thinking about what's next. You know, do I want to go to grad school? Do I want to, you know, take this internship opportunity? Because at the time I was doing IT. So um, I had a pretty good internship at the time. And uh, I was doing a little bit of work inside of the school systems, just seeing how it works and how it goes. And I just saw how miserable these guys were. And I'm just like, man, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, at that time, you know, around 2015, I was into photography, you know, going around campus, taking photos of people with my iPhone and then just editing it. And then I just remember finding this like joy and like happiness and just seeing people's reactions to like the photos I'm taking, like how I edit them. And, you know, at the time when Instagram was just coming up, you know, people were posting on the gram and it was going up. So, you know, that's when I kind of really fell in love with that. And um, I applied to a few schools and my uncle and family live in London. So, you know, I was talking to him about different things I'm interested in. And that's when he told me that he was teaching at the school called University of Hertfordshire, ironically enough, growing, growing up in Hartford. And then like the school that I'm going to across the sea, across the pond, it's called University of Hertfordshire. So, you know, at the time I felt like everything was aligning. And that's when I decided to apply for the film and TV program. And, you know, I got in and you know that next summer I was gone. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so I did grad school in London for about a year. Um, it was a great program. I really loved the experience of just meeting a lot of people from across the world. You know, it wasn't just like London natives. There's a lot of people who have friends from India, friends from Beijing, friends from Russia, you know, all alike, you know, just into film. And our final product was to produce a film. And my film, which is on Amazon Prime, is called Triple R Real Recognized Real. And that was the moment that I realized this is something I want to do even more and like get into the art of filmmaking and storytelling. So after finishing my um, master's program, that's when I decided to just live out there a little bit longer to see, you know, what, what, what can this do for me? Where can I go? And I got into teaching, you know, just because being in school, don't really have time to work a job, but I wanted to find a way to integrate, you know, my passion with some sort of motive that I could think ahead for towards the future, you know, which is, you know, mentorship and being able to provide a platform for you, for the youth and being that resource that I didn't have when I grew up. So, you know, I taught out there for a year and, um, you know, I got a chance to like really get more into cinematography, you know, working with like some of my peers and classmates producing videos. And, you know, I served as like a DP for some films and, you know, even editor for some films and, you know, just a great experience. And, I really learned a lot about myself living out there. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous before you before you went out there? Were you nervous? <sighs> so the type of person I am, I'm a risk taker. So I like to go against the grain when it comes to decision making. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Connecticut, a small state, you know, all my life. I, you know, I lived there all my life and I feel like I was in a place where I wanted to just expand and grow. So I took it as a challenge. And my approach was just let's let's get it like let's let's learn something new and let's Let's get into like what I really want to do and the vision that I had when I was younger. Hmm. So talk to me too about the, the the overall challenges that you might have had to face. Um, Cause you know, as, as I'm sure you know, 
that's not a normal journey, right? Yeah. Which, is, which is a good thing. You know, obviously it, it worked out, but to know that, you know, maybe you did have um, possible mentors or, 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 or someone to look up to, but if you didn't, what challenges did you really face? Yeah, so to be very honest, a challenge that I faced was just like the fear of failure, you know, um, because I will say one thing I was afraid of was just like the insecurity of just being out there, you know, by myself. And in theory, I had family, but where I was going to school, it was just it was just me, you know, just in a new place, meeting a lot of different types of people and not having a job and having to force myself into thinking of a new way to you know secure income so that's when i decided to like launch a business you know i use my, my refund checks to get my camera and equipment mm. and uh that's when i just took that that chance on myself and invested in myself mm. and uh yeah the, the challenge from that just came from you know after post-grad what am i gonna do next like that was still the same question i faced during my bachelor's degree and a lot of people just started reaching out to me saying hey man like we see that you have a creative eye and we want to hire you. So that's when I began to think, okay, there's hope. There's something bigger than me and like a purpose that's bigger than me that I can really tap into and see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. And so, so when you, when you got a, you know, your refund checks, why did you decide to buy a camera? <laughs> yeah. Why did I decide to buy a camera? Because I realized what I was there for, you know, I'm in this great film and TV program, but I don't have the, essential and basic tools to create so i had to get those tools and you know i i saw it as an investment because i at the time i was thinking hmm if i just do a couple gigs this camera might cost two thousand dollars it was a sony a7s had that camera for years and like a ronin stabilizer maybe invested about 2500 into that setup and i was thinking hmm, if i did 25 gigs at a hundred dollars that camera pays itself off exactly, yeah. and then at that time, everything's pretty much all profit, you know, and I can afford to reinvest. And, you know, that money just comes and goes, you know, so. Now, now let me ask you something. What do you think would have happened if you didn't buy that camera? If I didn't buy that camera, what would have happened? You think your life would have been the same? Yeah, if I didn't buy that camera, <laughs> I probably would have blown it on traveling, honestly, like <laughs> being out there, I got a chance to visit so many different countries. so. Um, you know, I think within the first three months, I probably visited three countries. And then since then, up until now, I've been to over 20 countries. So, you know, and I was spending that same refund check, you know, just getting paid that it was a year program. So I was getting paid um, every three months. And then, you know, the last two months were just kind of like final project and then graduation. And then, yeah, like I was just every, every weekend just traveling. I went to, I've been to Germany. I've been to Denmark, I've been to Paris, I've been to France. I mean, I've been to Paris and I've been to uh, like um, Barcelona, just different countries all over in like cities. And at that time, I was just thinking, man, like this is what I'm like discovering about myself that I love and just being able to see different cultures and see how I can reflect on myself. And that's that's priceless. Like, yeah. I, I don't put a price tag to experiences because those go with you forever and they stay with you forever. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. You can't really put a price tag on our experience. So to someone who's been to so many countries, do you think it's important for young people to travel? Very important. Very important. It's very important to travel, mainly because we grew up in this in a circle, in this bubble, in this community where we're just so familiar with the things that we see around us. But if you stay in that environment for long enough, you'll start to get comfortable. And I think it's important to make yourself uncomfortable and challenge the way you think because this this world this globe is huge there's there's people out there who are hungry and who don't have access to much resources so it's important for us to see that we are fortunate from where we come from and traveling exposes you to the people who may not be as fortunate to have these kind of resources and it makes you look at humanity differently because you see a lot of people doing so much more with not that much and if you think about all that we have, there's no excuse to why we can, can't live the life that we want to live. So traveling exposed me to just that realization of the fact that people around us are necessarily after the same motive and just to seek a higher life and, you know, a higher vibration and a higher like consciousness of, of ourselves and, you know, what that means and far, as far as integrating with the rest of society. 
Yeah. And I think sometimes, too, as Americans, we might get a little spoiled. You know, we, oh, yeah. we, we probably don't realize that, you know, the luxuries that we have here today are just that luxuries. When, when we talk about reaching a place of no longer being comfortable, right, what type mm-hmm. of confidence do you think is required for a person to really reach that stage? You need to believe in yourself so much that whatever happens in life, you are not allowed to stop your drive, your mission, your motive. You have to believe in yourself that much and believe in your vision, most importantly, because when you were younger, you had this dream, you had this idea, you had this this, this drive to do something so big. And then as you get older, you know, you could go around people who may not have that same ambition. So they may, uh, it's, they may like, uh, speak to you in a different way that they may not understand and that you may not understand. So then your dreams get deferred, but that's why it's important to have that confidence in yourself to say, Hey, look, I see where I am and I see what I'm capable of. And the worst thing that could happen is that you fail, mm-hmm. but you have to fail before you succeed. So it takes a strong perspective and a strong belief in yourself to the point that there's nothing. And no matter what happens, you won't see it as a, as an obstacle, but you see it as an opportunity to learn and to, to grow and to really take a step into something that you've never stepped into before. Yeah. And that's real too. I mean, you just, like you say, you just got to break out your comfort zone, you know, cause yeah. on the other side of, you know, your comfort zone is probably something greater that you, you know, you probably would never realize until you broke out your actual comfort zone. Um, right. So I have a, a, a follow-up question to that, right? Um, did everybody support your vision? And if they didn't, don't say any names, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But did every single person that you told your dream to, or did every single person that you told, you know, you're moving to London, did all of them initially say, good job? Or did you have some, like, are you sure you want to do that kind of thing? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of my peers, you know, around me, you know, just growing up, I, I, I've seen how, like I said before, there's a bubble. So not everybody thinks like how I think. So when it came to making these big decisions, these life changing decisions, I didn't really share that with too much people. I only shared it with people who I trust because I realized not everybody deserves to hear what I have going on because that's not their responsibility. That is, that's not my concern that I'm not looking to get any kind of assurance or, you know, affirmation from anybody. And I, I chose to protect that. And if any, anyone saw me somewhere, it's because I'm already there already. <laughs> and, and at that point of them seeing that, then you realize, okay, like I'm moving different. Yeah. So I, I chose to move differently because I know how important it is to protect your peace. And, you know, for people who did ask me if it was going to be something I'm afraid of. Sure. You know, I have a lot of people like that, but for me, it was just to hear perspective, but nothing was ever going to really like stop me from doing it because at the point of me making that decision and that choice, I already made it make sense in my mind. So it's already done. So there, you know, people can ask me, you know, I'm afraid, but you know, that's just to hear opinion at that point in time. It's not really to, you know, sway the way I think or anything. Yeah. And, and what's up too about uh, the mental strength that you think is required for that? Because it, it obviously, you know, it, it worked out for you, but a lot of people may have a problem with, you know, dealing with that in terms of being so focused and locked in um, on achieving a goal, despite what others might say. Um, so talk to me too about the mental strength that might be required for that. Yeah. You, well, you know, growing up, <laughs> we come from a, a city where people just like talk about each other. It's like a hobby, you know, like, is making jokes about people. So I had to experience my fair share of those jokes to really build my character and to understand that, you know, sometimes I may face rejection when it comes to certain things based off of like how I express myself. So it's through those experiences that you just learn, like it's never really personal, you know, how someone feels about you is not your problem. It's more so a problem that they have that they're projecting outwardly. So you know, but my realization of that helps me put into perspective, like, that's just them, you know, but I, that doesn't change who I am, you know, so just took the years, you know, growing up, that's through middle school, through high school, great, all grade levels, you know, you go through these experiences of, like, people showing you who they are, and it's up to you to decide how you take that when it comes to, like, you know, how you move forward with it. Yeah, and eventually, I mean, you know, people are going to reveal their true identity, 
you know, right. like who they are and their character and everything like that. But it's, you know, as you said, it's your job to kind of analyze that and move accordingly. Um, right. So now I guess diving more into specifically um, the cinematographer route, um, kind of what got you into the film and TV kind of industry? Like, was there a, did you always, you know, were you always interested in that? Yeah, well, you know, growing up in my household, my dad used to always watch, you know, Chinese films and like Japanese films. And I used to look at the drama and just like all these stunts. And I'm just like, there's an art behind this. I don't quite understand, like, even with the lip sync and like, you yeah. know, how things are never being seen. It's like, why is it like this? And how am I able to see this? And it still makes sense, you know, like, who put this together? This is a production. At the time, I didn't know it was a production. I just saw it as just a film. And uh, even going back into like seventh grade, I had a teacher, Miss Parker, seventh grade, Carmen A. Reyes Middle School. And I, she showed us a movie, Crooklyn, in class. And she's like one of the coolest teachers I've had yeah. to date. So I just remember watching Crooklyn, a Spike Lee film, a Spike Lee joint, and just being so inspired by just the art of like the story, you know, being from Connecticut and seeing like the story of, you know, people my age in, in, a, in, a, in a multi children, child home like in the middle of the city you know just and seeing how they grow up that was inspiring to me and um you know I, I challenged myself to watch more films like that so I'm like wildly inspired by you know the the classics you know Boys in the Hood Friday um you know Tarantino films like Kill Bill like uh Pulp Fiction like all these things Shawshank Redemption all these films I was just inspired by so it was it was uh, when I picked up my first photo camera that I was like, man, if I could frame a shot and they say a photo tells a thousand words, what can a movie tell? And, you know, mm -hmm. I wanted to explore that. And that's when I decided to actually, you know, take it up, pack up and leave and go across seas. Mm. But talk to me, too, about what it's like to be a student of your craft. Because, I mean, you, I, mentioned, you mentioned so many different movies. Right. And obviously it's one thing to watch a movie just, you know, as a fan, all right, I want to watch a movie, but then looking at it at a, from a different perspective, it was like, all right, how can I learn from this? Right. Iron sharp sharpens iron. So what is it that I can get from this? Right, right, right. So watching films, I will always think about how they make me feel. What, like what kind of emotions are attached to each scene and what is the intent behind each scene? Um, so the, it would, it would inspire me on, on like many levels. And when I think about what it means to me, like the, like these scenes and like how, how people perceive storytelling, it, it was a challenge to me to really explore that for myself. Sometimes like whatever it is that you're trying to do in life, right? Whether you're trying to be an athlete, an actor, a musician or whatever, like I feel like you pay more attention to your craft in a different way than most people do. Right? right. So if you're into movies, you're going to watch movies a lot differently. Right. right? If, if you're a singer, you're, you're going to listen to the lyrics or, or, or the tone of, of the singer a lot differently. So what mm -hmm. is it about you and I guess your approach towards, you know, your I guess your eye, if you go like how you kind yeah. of view cinema. You, you have to be a sponge mm -hmm. to different people's stories. You have to be able to see how. Someone comes from a certain background and how they incorporate that into their work. Yeah. So for me, I use what's around me as like my content. You know, what have I been through? How do I want to tell that story so that someone can relate to it and they can learn something, they could gain something from it. And yeah, just always watching films, always watching TV shows. There's like a lot of different There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that goes yeah. into it. Yeah, there's like so many different ways to interpret someone else's vision. Like uh, even growing up and watching things I wasn't interested in, like, you know, like something like General Hospital. <laughs> I never I never understood what that show like, you know, why anyone would watch that show. But I understand that some people love that kind of stuff. So me being a student to it, I understand. All right. I see how they tell a story. How do I want to tell my story? And in some ways that could be the cinematography like what does a shot mean you know if i'm telling the story to one of my friends and that's being captured on camera you can zoom into my eye and that shot would mean that like you're really they're seeing something within me like they're they're they're, they're feeling a deeper connection just because of that one zoom shot so i bring that to a film 
understanding that this is my intent behind this shot. And I want you to feel what is actually going on inside me when you talk to me. So yeah, there's just like so many different ways to that, that's, interpret. That's an interesting way to look at it though. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like different shots. Like I, I was very inspired by Moonlight, you know, Barry Jenkins yep. film. And a lot of the art came from the way it was filmed. And, you know, it could be like longer shots or shots that have like only just ambiance and no narrative or no speaking. So that shot within itself meant that that person is in a place of, in their mind that is making them think about something that doesn't require words. But you look at the screen and then you'll see that that's being expressed by just the way that the scene looks. So it's like a lot of different ways. And like, it's like our house films, like, you know, even with thrillers and like psycho movies, you see a person just with a crazy look on his face, not using one word, but you feel fear from it because of the way that that person expresses themselves. So it's different ways to interpret like the way I see things. And as I grow in my career as a filmmaker, I take all these things and I internalize it and turn it into my own spin and my own way of doing things when it comes to making my own art. Hmm. That's 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 a good segue to what I was getting ready to ask too. So as you talk about you know growing as a filmmaker um, and developing your own art, um, at what point do you think you know your your, your passion for film kind of turned into a dream slash side hustle or into an, a legitimate business and like your true identity um and, and maybe you know you never experienced a side hustle you know portion it, it you just went straight into a business but basically mm-hmm. was there ever a switch or a moment where i was like all right this is like i'm here now you know like this is you know this is what i'm doing yeah yeah and i'll say you know i give a lot of credit to my my graduate program because we learned a lot about production and for me i was taking it as an art so you know it wasn't it wasn't for a while before I started actually generating income from it. So I had to do a lot of free work and I was realizing I'm putting a lot of time and effort into this. I need to see dollars. <laughs> so it made me transition my thoughts into, OK, I love this, but how do I make money from it? So I had to you know, establish like a price list or some sort of structure that at least got me paid and say, hey, look, this is the time that I'm putting in. And even though it's not that much starting out, like this is how much I feel like I need to get paid. So that way it'll be worth both our times. And um, got my business incorporated in 2016, January, 2016. And it was actually a birthday gift from one of my best friends, Anthony Valentine, you know, bought me an LLC for my, for my business, you know, got my AIN and got my first business account. And I didn't know what, anything meant about business. I just knew like I love photography I have like official documentation of my business. So I'm just going to get started. And I got into it from there. And, you know, that's, that was like a, a credential that made me feel a little bit more official as a business owner. So, so, so you, uh, Anthony, he, he bought you, you said an LC and your EIN for your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, yeah, Hell yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. I, I need to get a, a buzzer where I just, you know, say like, dun, 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 that's some good shit, man. That, that, yeah. You know, that's some that's so what does that kind of mean to you like to know that you're you know one of your friends got you a gift like that you know it was it was something that will forever ever ever and forever be something of value you know because that yeah. even even deeper than a gift that was an investment in, into you that's, yeah that's, that's that's real yeah man i mean I, anthony he's my best friend since kindergarten literally like grade k you know met a comment and uh we used to have conversations you know, years and years ago about like, you know, the things that we love, what we want to do, you know, at first it was like a bas- being a basketball player, pro basketball player, like, oh, we all have these young hoop dreams. And then like, as we got an older, we're like, okay, cool. Like I'm in, I'm into art, like art is cool. Like we're we going to make music. And then, you know, after a while it was like, all right, cool. Like what's the purpose of making music? Like, do you want to get rich and get signed and then like get a bunch of money? And then we're just like, okay, cool. Now we're transitioning into college. So now we're thinking more like, all right, career, like solid career. How are we going to sustain ourselves and like find a sort of like security in that? And um, we ended up going to Central together after transferring from Morgan State. And I had my phone out. He's one of those people who just saw like the people being attracted to me and like my photos and, you know, post my work. And he's like, man, you should like start a business or something like that. And we were driving one day and I was thinking about names. I'm just like, hmm, yeah, like I'm, you know, my eye is different. Like, you know, when I 
take photos, they have a certain kind of saturation to it that makes it feel bright. So I'm like, okay, they're vibrant. And I'm just like, all right, you know, when you see my work, I wanted to be thought of it as like VIP, so exclusive or executive. So I'm like, hmm, VIP. And I was like, vibrant, I, photography. But then I'm like, okay, vibrant, I, like E-Y-E. So it's vibrant, I, photography. And that's how I came up with it. And um, yeah, you know, just out of nowhere, you know, when I went to grad school, that's when he bought me, bought me the LLC. So it was like just alignment. And, you know, a good friend will pay attention to like what you're, a good friend will motivate you, a good friend will invest in you and, you know, encourage you to do what you love. And he saw at the time that that's what I loved and he made that investment. So it felt good because, you know, we need that kind of support, you know, growing up, not having much resources and like seeing a lot of single family homes and, you know, people around us, you know, struggling to get through winters and things like that you need those positive reassurances from people around you with from people who believe in you as well to help you move forward. And that way you could kind of spread that same love and do your role in society of not just taking your circumstance as a, as a downfall, but as opportunity to really tell your story. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I internalized that, you know, that's something I'll, I'll always remember. Yeah. 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 Invest in your friends, man. You know, it's okay to, you know, show love and support, man. Um, but now, you know what, man, it's like you got a responsibility though, a good a good one. You know, it's like, you know, your friend um got you that gift and as well as it being an investment. Um, you know, it's also a responsibility. So how does that feel to know that? And I'm sure obviously that, you know, you, you probably would have started the business regardless and, and ended up getting it, but to know that someone else took the initiative and said, I believe in you enough. So here you go. Yeah, man. Well, I just remember someone telling me when I first got my camera, you got to put in 10,000 hours of hours of work before you consider like a master. So, you know, the, the clock was ticking, you know, like I was out shooting like weekly, sometimes daily. Like I was one of those guys who actually picked up my camera and used it, you know, for days and months and years, just learning this one camera. I started off with a Nikon D5100 and I had that camera for years, literally just learning every single feature and, you know, I got booked for a wedding like a few months after getting my first camera and the responsibility was on. It's like, okay, like someone believes in me that I don't even know. So I got to, I got to step up to the plate and <laughs> got to fake it till I make it at that. Like, you know, they don't know that this might be my first wedding, but that's I'm going to shoot it, you know, because you know, that shows someone trusts me. So I trust myself. And that's where I started building that confidence and mm -hmm. um, taking each opportunity to learn and say, all right, if I didn't like this photo, what can I do to make it better next time? So constantly just taking it a day at a time, but also taking every day with the grain of salt with the opportunity that I can grow and like become better the next day. Yeah. And, and you told me too, I think you mentioned that in the beginning, some of the work that you were doing, um, you weren't getting paid at all. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, walk me kind of through that whole process. And the reason why I asked that is because you know, obviously a lot of things in business is a money grab, which I completely understand money, you know, in a way runs the universe, but it sounds like to me, you were willing to be humble enough and invest in yourself to say, all right, let me kind of do gigs that may not be paying. And eventually, you know, it, it worked out. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. So let me starting out. I was more interested in growing and just like learning, you know, because I, I see a lot of great people around me. I saw a lot of great photography and I didn't see anything as unattainable. You know, I saw everything as this is going to be what my work looks like one day in my own way. And while I figure it out, I'm going to have to, you know, take some, some lessons in, you know, understanding where things could be improved. So doing free work and collaborating with people, it gives both parties an opportunity to learn from each other. And, you know, I was working with a lot of fashion designers, like local fashion designers and models and getting involved with like fashion shows and different events. So it was like a win-win, you know, I knew that doing free work will one day create opportunity because if I'm doing the good work that I'm supposed to be doing and it's getting published, then people are going to see that and they're going to want to hire me. So it was a lot of strategy when it came to it because some work wouldn't create a future opportunity but i had the intent to create a future opportunity through the work and that was just my mindset 
and going into each opportunity is just like, I'm going to do the best that I can. And, you know, the people will find me. I won't have to look too far because the work is going to speak for itself. Mm. Okay, okay. So, so, you know, as I started getting paid a little bit more um, and doing a lot more work and actually getting busy from this, I'm like, wow, like I could actually <laughs> do yeah. something with this. And um, I use a lot of advice from friends and, you know, getting feedback, you know, it's, it's okay to ask for feedback from your friends and like people around you. A lot of people are afraid to hear criticism. You know, I was always eager to learn what other people thought about my work and like how I can make it better. And it's because of that, why I am where I am today. You know, it's because of the feedback and me being willing to ask where I could find room for improvement. So as I got more busy, it was at that point where I realized, man, what what's next and you know that's when i started getting into like photography you know graphic design like i did everything visually just to figure out like what's my lane and like how can i make the most money from this and you know just to see where it can take me because you know being young you you know i'm still my, my visions are still developing you know i'm still seeing new things within my business and within myself that you know will take maybe a few years of planning but i'll get there and it's just scaling, you know, you always have to scale. So yeah. if you if you see that you're getting over overly worked, then that must mean that you got to raise the price. So that way people will have to pay for your time. Mm. So for a long time, I had the price low. And, you know, when I started getting uncomfortable and, you know, overly worked, then had to raise the price and less people mm. want to work with me. So that means that I'm buying my time back. And to this day, you know, I'm still raising the price. The price goes up. With the more experience i guess so at a certain point in time i'm only going to be working with people that i want to work with and that's because i choose to and that's not because i'm going to need to that's because i want to so you know the choice would be mine of like who i want to invest in and the kind of people who i want to work with and the kind of work that i want to do mm. that's the ultimate goal it's like the, the freedom of like having the option and the choice mm. Shit. yeah <laughs> uh, so I mean, even when you talk about buying your time back, right? Cause that is a, is a real thing. And so as you increased your price, obviously you did that because your value was increasing as well. Um, but was that challenging? Like, did, did you feel like, damn, should I, you know, did you hesitate or did you just say like, you know, Hey, I know I'm yeah. good now. So. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they always say to never do a deal out of desperation. <laughs> and me being a starving artist it was literally just that i was starving and the artist mm. so it, i faced a lot of challenge in moments where i was starving and i had no money so i would take on a job that was you know below what i know i was worth and i would have to pay for it in the future because now i'm spending all this time for what turned out to be like a dinner meal <laughs> you know so i'm like okay I got to do something different. And, you know, the, the, the opportunity to raise my prices when I realized that yeah, this is, this is like something I had to do. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, Some, sometimes it's necessary. You yeah. know, sometimes. Yeah. So let me, uh, let me start from the top, right? So someone wanted to be a cinematographer, right? There, there, this was someone who um, said, you know what? I think I have the ability to, to storytell through this. Right how would you suggest or recommend that they start, right? I mean, obviously, you know, maybe, you know, going to college and stuff might be, you know, a, a part of that. Um, I don't want to, you know, downgrade, you know, the, the experiences that you've developed through then. But to someone who might just be getting started, right, what would you recommend from them from, like, the early, early stages? Early stages, I would say get your LLC, get your EIN, like, get your business bank account, you know, start, you know, start thinking about, like, your, your business credit and, like, your responsibility as, you know, a business owner is, you know, it's not just to, for fun. Like when you get your business documents and, you know, all that legal stuff started, this is your responsibility. Like this is, you're, you're doing this to make money. You're doing this to sustain yourself. If there's something that you want to do, then you got to be willing to take that risk, you know, take that risk within yourself and like make it happen. With that said, if you have a business and you fail to plan, then you're going to see your business fold right before your eyes. But if you actually think rationally about what it is that you want to do and your motive behind it, that'll take you so much further. So 
like just planning what it is that you want to do. And you don't have to have it all figured out right now, but at least if you write it down, what it is that you're, what you love and what it is that you're looking to do, it'll get you far. That's true. I mean, just, you know, have a plan, you know, it's, I think it's okay to like fail forward and like take action and stuff like that. But at the same time, you want to have some sort of structure, right? Have, have some plan to, to make sure that everything is, you know, the way it should be. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what, man, like, I just started taking my business seriously, maybe during the pandemic, you know, when people weren't booking me, uh, my business is falling flat, you know, because everyone's inside. So, you know, for almost a year, it was hard for me to secure income. And I've learned about all these resources and like, you know, learn hearing about, you know, these girls who are like, you know, age five with lemonade stands and those lemonade stands had LLCs, but you know, we didn't have access to these resources because I didn't know what the LLC meant until I got it as a gift. So seeing like how, you know, other families of opportune resource were taking advantages of these resources and becoming business owners at such young ages, they had access to funds and capital to really take their business to the next level. So I learned a lot about business just last year and how I can take advantage of these same resources and be able to provide access to the people who look just like me, but don't know the same things. And that's when it becomes like group group economics because now you're creating a community of knowledge and people who are who have the same motives, but just provide the same resources that they didn't have coming up or that the next person may not have so that way we can all grow and go together. Yeah. And I mean, I always say to that, it's okay, you know, if we grow together, you know, as yeah. you mentioned, when we talk about being, you know, black man and, and, and what it's like to be black in America, it's like, we have to kind of team up together more because obviously, you know, the numbers and, and statistics aren't necessarily in our favor. And that's right. not even a secret. That's just a, you know, a, a fact. Um, right. But so even, even during, I guess, the tough times, obviously the, the pandemic, um, you know, but I think 2020 has probably brought out the best from people in terms of financially, because a lot of people have realized now, like, it, you know, anything can happen, right? Yeah. So what, what do you think you kind of learned about yourself during, during those times? Wow, during those times, that's, that's when TikTok came out. <laughs> <laughs> it got, got yeah. popular. So I'm, I'm on Instagram, you know, seeing how social media could be a facade in most cases, you know, people, you know, who were portraying to like be a certain kind of person for social media and then discovering this platform of like TikTok and just seeing people being their authentic selves. And that's when I was like, you know, I'm gonna take advantage of that. You know, I'm gonna get people me and it'll be appreciated. And I had, you know, some successes with that, you know, just um, going viral for videos that I didn't even think was going to go viral and you know, expose my work to a, a world of people you know, that the pandemic taught me to just create and it's okay for things to not be perfect. You just got to just do it. And um, that applies to any young, you know, business owner, or like entrepreneur, you, you just got to do it. You know, you, if you're not making any strides towards your purpose or what it is that you love to do, then you're not really doing much for yourself or for the world. So I realized the impact and legacy that I won't leave on the world just requires me being who I am and using what I have. So yeah. yeah, last year or up until this year, that was just my focus is just putting out authentic work and, you know, always learning new ways to, to, to grow and make my visuals look different. Mm -hmm. but how key is that though, especially, you know, in your um, uh, industry, right? To be different, to be mm -hmm. unique, to kind of stand out. You said how important is it? Yeah. I live in LA, so I, I'm surrounded by a lot of superficial people. You know, you 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 walk around Hollywood and you see people in like like high fashion, like all this designer, and you know who appear to be a certain way. So for me, I really have to tap into like what makes me unique and what makes my work unique and. I really project in that because if you're truly authentic, only real people is like, if you know, you know, like if you are being truly authentic, authentic people will recognize that, but people can see when you're not being authentic and when you're being superficial and because of that, that's why you won't get into certain positions. 
you know, that's just the place that I live now. It's like you, you can only be in the room with certain people if you have that type of energy towards your, 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 your passion and your ambition. You know, what do you bring to the table? So if I'm going somewhere and, you know, let's say like an award show or like, you know, the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever is happening out here, if I'm not being invited to these type of events, then what type of person do I have to be to get there? And the people who are there currently took a risk, you know, within themselves to get there. So what does it look like for me? And, you know, there's been times where I wouldn't be able to get into a party because I'm not on the list. So I would internalize these things and think about what kind of person do I have to be to be, to have access, you know, because, you know, the more access to, and that you have to resources, it's kind of how you can scale your success because the more you know is the more you grow and the more you know is the more that you can apply your education and really get to where it is that you're trying to go. So living in a place like this, I really have to figure out like what it is that I bring to the table and what does that look like when I'm around people. Mm. And so, you know, living, you know, growing up in Bloomfield, you know, it, it's not flooded with celebrities, I'll say. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not the biggest right. town in the world, um, but making that transition from, you know, growing up in Bloomfield to now living in L.A. and, and having experiences like that. Um, what does that kind of ultimately say about the word that, that you used access? Because, yeah, I mean, like when you're in L.A., I assume you're surrounded by other people that, you know, are in that industry or are at a high level or are on quote unquote list like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, with, with Bloomfield not being necessarily Hollywood, um, mm-hmm. I assume there's some sort of difference or a transition required in order to really maintain that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, when I moved to, when I moved out, I realized it's okay to not want to be a hometown hero. You know, like where we come from, someone can do something and achieve of high, like high accolade. And, you know, people will love that person until they fall off and then they don't like that person anymore. And, you know, people would do things for the state and realize that they're only riding the wave when you're doing good. They're not really riding the wave when you're learning and, you know, you're failing and you're going through these things. And when I realized, you know, a lot of, like you know, NBA players are like athletes who, are from Connecticut and decide to move away. And people say, oh, they don't put on for the state. You're not like that. But then when you're home, you don't feel that love. You know, people look at you like, man, you're doing better than me. I don't want to see that. So I had to move away to realize, yeah, man, like I'm not doing this for anybody but myself because like, I don't, I'm not looking to please anybody. I'm looking to think about and like cultivate that culture of, leaving behind something that people will remember me for that'll progress like society and like be innovative. Cause I'm, I'm not here to like play around or anything like that. I'm really here to bring the vision that I had to life. And, you know, as it, as I grow older, I, the vision expands and not everybody can understand that vision and it's okay. So, you know, it even came down to a point where I try to even avoid going home sometimes because a lot of people who don't think the same as me are still in the same place. Um, so I just want to like keep my energy like and my vibrations high wherever I go. So going back home doesn't really serve me that benefit, but it's always good to know where I come from in order to know where I'm going. And that's what I take with me whenever I go back. It's just like, all right, this is where I come from, but it doesn't define who I am because who I am is who I'm still becoming. <laughs> and like, I don't have to, I could use what I've been through as an opportunity to, to, to take advantage of it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's a good point too. I mean, I just a reminder for people like you don't owe anybody anything um, like yeah. except for like yourself and like your family or like people who share the same last name as you. So like yeah. the reason why I say that is because even, you know, to your point about the hometown hero thing is like everyone will support you when things are going great. Um, you know, which is good. It's obvious. But when things go left or like when some bad, you know, goes wrong in your life, obviously knock on wood or whatever, like mm-hmm. you'll, you'll really see the amount of support that you truly have. 
And yeah. not to say that, you know, it ain't going to be from everybody, but it's going to be a shift. And so yeah. you really have to remind yourself about like who it is that you're trying to work hard for and what it is that you're truly trying to accomplish because, you know, <laughs> you, you just got to be really, really locked in and understand, you know, everything, man. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you can always come back and then be able to be who you are and then yeah. you're able to articulate it. But when you're, when you're becoming that person, it's hard to, you know, want to, want to help out someone else when you're not truly who you are. Yeah. So you got to like step out and really work in your own capacity to become who you need to become in order to be able to help out. You can't help out why you can't help out while you're being helped, but you're not operating at your fullest capacity. So are you really helping effectively? You know what I mean? And for me, I've been here for almost two years now. And like my goal is to go back home and be able to provide resources that I didn't have you know, and be able to educate on a level that I wasn't able to like have access to when I was growing up. I just want to be that person who I didn't have growing up. So I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I become that person so that when I come back, I can understand what I've been through to get here and take all the knowledge that I've acquired to effectively help people in preventing that deferred dream Mm -hmm. from, you know, just getting left in the left behind or prevent, you know, these kids from thinking that they don't have hope. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like, that's the environment I grew up in and I'm aware of that. And, you know, as things change, I'm seeing like younger generations, you know, try to find an easy way out, but you still have to work hard. And I'm gonna show you what it means to work hard because that's what my story is gonna be a reflection of, is my hard work. And I'll be able to tell it to that young kid who didn't have hope or didn't think that he could do it. and you know, you might have an iPhone, but not understand this vision of having an iPhone. You could take photos now and then like 20 years from now, it could be, you know, sold for $10,000 as an NFT. So That's just like, funny. you know, having access to these resources, I want to, I want to be that, that platform for, for people to really learn about like, you know, uh, how important it is to be an entrepreneur and like, you know, what it means to be a business owner and like, you know, teach you, provide these skills and teach these skills to people who, don't even know they exist, yeah. you know? Yeah. Cause that's like how to, be that a leader, that's how to solve a problem, you know, yeah. like all, all these things, like, you know, teaching these things and, and not just using the system as a excuse to not be great mm. because we have everything we need. We just have the idea. Then you already have your million, million dollar idea. Like a million dollar idea actually exists. It's the people around you who would tell you that, you know, it, it might be crazy. Mm. But I'm here to tell people that it isn't crazy because I did that. I'm already a millionaire in my mind. I'm just, you know, counting the days until I actually have it in my in my bank account. You know, so it's all about, you know, how you see things and, you know, make staying true to what you believe in and believing in yourself ultimately. So that way you can get there. Yeah. And a lot of it, too, is based off, I think, execution, right? Mm -hmm. Execution and education. Um, Like, you know, you got to. Like, as you said, a lot of people don't know about this stuff, especially in schools, and it's not really taught. Um, but then once you're taught, once you know how to do it, whether it's through a friend or a family or whatever, you now have to execute and put the action in place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you talk about the next generation a lot and like kind of what it is that you want to leave behind and helping people. Um, and that leads me into my final question, um, which is a question that I ask everyone, you know, that's appeared on Define Your Legacy. Um, and that question is, how do you, want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as that individual who took the risk on himself to leave an impact on society through education. Um, one venture I'm looking to get into is, uh, you know, education as an entrepreneur, you know, Viber Eye University, you know, where I want to teach people how to do things that I learned or I basically taught myself. So with the things that I've learned and, you know, the bigger goal behind that is to create a new curriculum that you can learn in any grade school. And, you know, it's not your typical math or like world history that doesn't necessarily educate you on your history, but, you know, practical tools that you can use to make you better as a person, you know, how do you start a business? What does it mean to start a business? You know, what does it mean to be a leader? What does it mean to solve problems? You know, actually taking these skills and teaching these things. Um, so that way, 
we can set the, the future generations up for success and, you know, unlearn the system that we grew up in and being able to use it as an advantage to get ahead. And they ultimately create their legacy through the education that they learned through me. Mm-hmm. So that's, and then, you know, be, being able to tell that through film as well, you know, my story is still being told, but throughout my journey, I'll want to be able to tell that through film. So that way, when people see this on screen, they'll be able to see, wow, this man took such a small system and like environment and, and bubble and turn it into this, this world that anybody can like relate to and that they can feel and want to be impacted by. Fact. You know, and, and, and it all starts somewhere. You know, I, I think the sooner people start, the education aspect comes into play, but the sooner you know you start like imagine if you had you know, there's all of this education knowledge when you were in high school. You know, I, I think that would just, you know, help people out tremendously. Um, but so, man, if, if you don't mind, man, one, thank you, obviously, for being on the show. Um, but two, um, would you mind dropping your social media on Instagram and whatnot where people can find you and, and things like that or check out your work or whatever? Now is your chance to run around with uh, the promo. Okay, cool. So, yeah, name is Jane Tobias, you know, currently live in L.A. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. All the same, Mr. Vibrant I, that's M-R, Vibrant, V-I-B-R-E-N-T-E-Y-E. That's everywhere. And yeah, my website, www.directortobias.com. Yeah, you know, thank you for having me, man. And, you know, shout out to you, Define Your Legacy. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, man. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, man, do you have any uh, final words for the for the lovely audience of Define Your Legacy, man? No, nah, I mean, I'm just, you know, blessed to be here and, you know, Appreciate the opportunity. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so again, you're on the Defiant Legacy front. Uh, make sure you go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, as well as subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And once again, um, feel free to check out the online store, which will be in the link, all right, of the description of this episode, all right? And just like that, we out. Peace, y'all.